9.15, let's have a great day, everybody. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. I'm upset, Elder! I'm upset! My boy's wicked smart. Say what again? Say what again? Ancestors protect me. Me, they protect you. It is perfectly fine to watch TV all day. And here we go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Don't Quote Me On That, the show that brings you a lot of opinions and offers very little credibility. My name is Nick. And I'm Dallin, and we are stoked to talk about the latest in movies, TV, and more with you today. If you like what we're doing, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at don't quote me underscore pod. Again, that's at don't quote me underscore pod. Thank you all for listening. Let's roll. Hey guys, we are pumped to be back this week and we will forego the entertainment news so that we have as much time as possible to talk with our very special guest host. Exactly. So in a bit of our departure, we have our very first guest on our show and we could not be more excited. Someone we've known for a long, long time and he could not be funnier, cooler, more courteous. So enjoy. All right. So what's up, everyone? This week in a very special episode, we actually have a very special guest star today. One, the one and only Justin Mancini. Dallin and I's elementary school art teacher. Justin, how are you doing today? Oh my gosh, I am doing great, guys. I am so honored to be here and to be on this podcast with you guys. Hands down, my favorite <laughs> podcast in the history of podcasts. <laughs> You're too kind. Well, obviously, you know, he has left a very huge impression on our lives being our elementary school art teacher. And we just wanted to bring him back and talk to him for a bit because we have this shared love for Star Wars. And so we wanted to talk to him a little bit about the Mandalorian season two. And now that that whole thing is finished, we just wanted to dive in a little bit and what better way to do it than with someone who is hilarious and amazing and that we've always wanted to catch up with. Yeah, just real quick. Um, I remember my fifth grade. So I only got you, Justin, for one year, one short year. What a waste, you know, and uh, (laughs) my fifth grade art teacher, (laughs) my fifth grade art teacher was the worst and really. Oh, she was awful. Yeah, because I had her in fourth grade then. Yep. yep. Oh, she she was was terrible. She gave me a C and that was my first C ever. And I cried. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're you're bad at art. So um, you gave me straight A's. Justin, so I don't know. I got a medal in my desk here that says best artist. So Nick, Nick got a C in fourth grade art. I didn't even know you could do that. Um, yeah, anyways, I don't need. I, I don't even think it was C's. I think they numbered grades. So I think I got a, a two out of four. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, Mr. Mancini shows up and he's like, "Let's make some skateboards. You know, let's just let's just chill out." And uh, we all thought he was the coolest guy ever. Which he is. Um, Yeah, and all the table groups had like sweet characters above them. It was way better than group two or whatever numbers we were using before. Nemo and uh, Bumblebee and (laughs) Mystique. And then everybody guess what it was. (laughs) (laughs) You had Mystique up there? That sounds appropriate for uh, a bunch of 11-year-olds. I needed needed a a blue character and... um, 
it was before Avatar came out. No, I think and oh, so I didn't. Gotcha. I couldn't like go Natiri, and I was like, I want a cool, <laughs> I, like I, I want a female character, and I need a blue character. Mystique is perfect. Some of them might know X Men, and very few did. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I might have been one of them. Was, you so probably you never... did because I would make everybody guess. And, and then I'd say Mystique and they'd be like, oh, there'd be like three kids. They're like, oh, I think I've heard of her. She's the, the naked lady in X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, Justin, you're at a spot where you are making art for professional NFL running backs for the – ah, Gosh, that was, a, that was a one-time thing so far. Um, that was pretty crazy that that happened and uh, did not plan it that way, but um, kind of just happened to, I was like, God, just for kicks, I'm going to tag his girlfriend and him in it. He's probably never going to see it. Um, And the girlfriend like reached out maybe 10 minutes after I posted it and was like, Hey, is this for sale? And within 30 minutes, she had Venmoed me. Um, and I was like, whoa, wait, did I just sell a painting? Did I sell a painting to an NFL running back? <laughs> yeah. So, so for those of you listening, uh, Justin made a, a painting of James Robinson, the running back waiver wire darling for many of our fantasy football teams. Yes. Uh, he was an undrafted rookie and he just killed it this year. And I bet it was as surreal for him to have someone making art of him yeah fan art as it was for you to be selling it to him so that's that's a cool experience well actually actually sorry dallin um there's actually a ton a ton of crap that gets posted on athletes instagram pages if you go to like (laughs) stuff that they've been tagged in um there's a ridiculous amount of like fan art that gets thrown at these athletes um that i'm guessing they probably don't even look at and so that's why I was like, the dude's probably not ever going to see this. Um, I think the fact that I tagged his girlfriend in it, which was, prob- was, smart, yeah. was probably kind of weird that like I like had tracked down the girlfriend to begin with. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that's, that's actually kind of what got his eyes on it. Um, I think if, if, if that hadn't have happened, you know, he probably would have been like, oh, you know, there's, there's another pat- crappy piece of artwork out there well that was smart tagging the girlfriend right yeah, yeah that's genius yeah. marketing Sliding into oh. those dms <laughs> for the business right for the business yeah for, for, the, for business. the family exactly <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit more about yourself um so obviously we love movies tv here can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of your favorite all-time movies shows and then just a little bit about your personal life as well okay okay um Gosh, uh, born in the 80s and hardcore, like, <laughs> retro 80s, 90s. Um, anything that, like, kind of fit into those genres of kind of what you would call your, like, prototypical 80s, 90s movies. Back to the Future, E.T., Goonies, nice. Jurassic Park, um, kind of all that stuff. Like, I just, I lived that my whole life and... um you know, I think those are still some of my, my favorite, my favorite movies. Uh, Star Wars holds a, a very special place just because I kind of, you know, saw it all of its, as its own thing. Um, and it, it felt really sacred to me. Um, 
especially as I got older, like it was almost like the older I got, the more and more sacred Star Wars was. Um, and I mean, I, I definitely like all movies. Um, I, I really like to kind of have a pretty broad range um, of, of what I watch. Uh, it's not like I have a specific genre that I really feed into. Um, I did, I did uh, do a little bit of work in movies uh, back in the day. Uh, got to be part of the photography department at uh, New Line Cinema back oh, wow. back awesome. when um, Lord of the Rings was was coming out. I was a I was oh. I was the coffee grunt, and um, I made <laughs> a lot of copies of uh, Frodo and Sam, um, <laughs> and sent them to to Time Magazine and to Newsweek. Um, and it was actually really cool. While I was there, was like when. Um, uh, Return of the King had won Best Picture. Had like he cleaned up at the Oscars. And Oscar, yeah, yeah, oof, yeah, nice. I didn't even know that. Um, but they they had like brought Oscars in um, like a week or so after, and like anybody that worked for New Line could get their picture taken with the Oscar. And so I don't even know if I. I'm sure I have it somewhere. But the picture, and I was like half smiling, like it was a really <laughs> awkward. I mean, I was like, I was like eyes half open. I mean, so like I had this awkward smile, eyes half open and I'm standing there holding like a return of the King Oscar. Like it just, like yeah, I need just tool. one best picture. Yeah, it was, if, if I had like, if I had like actually like wore a good outfit and had a good smile and everything, I was like, it would have been something that my parents could have probably framed and put in the house. And instead it's like hiding in a drawer like in my garage right now man the the one day you don't wear your tuxedo to <laughs> exactly, work exactly <laughs> exactly to make it look authentic well, yeah. so, so justin you've got more credibility than we than we even thought we're having worked in the movie business i remember yeah you're more a pro than us i remember <sighs> no in way. sixth grade when slumdog millionaire won best picture and you, you <laughs> told me you were like oh you gotta go watch slumdog millionaire it's such a good movie and uh, i don't know if my mom was pumped about like 11, <laughs> 11 year old me being like i want to watch slumdog millionaire mom um but great movie great recommendation by the way did you, did you guys watch that as a family <laughs> no it's no, pretty tough yeah, no, it's a it's a brutal it's a brutal movie. Good one for sure. Uh, but I watched it on my own later. So just a man, I'm really impressed that you remember that, Dallin. But yes, I was I was hey, all you, about you left an impression. I was all about that movie then. <laughs> just um, telling everybody, huge telling dog everyone. <laughs> everyone he could talk to. And Nick, Nick, I was actually just telling my wife the other day about how I think when you were in fifth grade, it was like the summer after uh, Dark Knight came out. And you and I would talk to each other in just Batman voices from time to time. That's so funny. Like I'd be like, hey, I don't doubt it. Hey, you really should color this this part of this skateboard over here a little bit darker. I need you to work on your shading over here, Nick. And then you would talk back to me in a Batman voice. <laughs> That's adorable. So you have the unique um, perspective of knowing us when we were small children. I. I mean, curious to see, you know, did we, did we grow up? Okay. Like how do we do, um, 10 years later, you Man, know, <laughs> I say you knocked it out of the park. Uh, oh, <laughs> Dallin looks like he's done some really, really cool adventures. Um, just based on his Instagram and, uh, looks like just the cool thing about being married is that you really want to be with somebody that you have a lot of fun with and I can, see that in Dallin and his wife um 
which is awesome. And Nick, like I said, you have a beard, which, <laughs> which I called. I, Don has a wife. I have a which beard. Which I called um, years ago. I was like, Nick's going to look good with a beard someday. Um, no, I just, Nick, I knew you were going to go on to do great things and, and I can already see it, man. So oh, I think, uh, thanks. Well, appreciate I don't know it. if anything's going to top, top fun. your grad yeah. party. But um, maybe maybe your college. Hey, grad party. I hope it should. My my grad party shouldn't be the peak. I don't know. It's gonna be tough. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty great. It was a great time. So, <laughs> so, oh, so uh, Justin, what is your plan for introducing your daughter to Star Wars? Um, how are you going to integrate that into her life? You know, that's actually a great question, and I think I think I'm already there, Dallin. Um, it, it's, it's sort of has happened, uh, not super intentionally, but it all revolves around Kurogu. Um, <laughs> and actually specifically a Build-A-Bear, a Build-A-Bear Grogu that, that I got as a present for my wife for her birthday last <laughs> year. Um, and our daughter, our one-year-old daughter, Avery, uh, has sort of taken, uh, the builder bear Grogu as her own. And it, it makes noises, the, the Grogu. And, uh, it like, like does these like little cooing sounds and stuff. And so our daughter actually thinks that the Grogu stuffed animal, I think is real. Um, and so she carries it around like it's her, like it's her baby. And, now, like whenever she sees Grogu anywhere, like if we're shopping at Target and she sees like a, you know, Grogu sweatshirt or something, like she freaks out, like she reaches out for it and like oh, sa- says Grogu. Um, it's she, she was that her first word. It, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, it's it was close though, and, and she still gets a little thrown off because my wife calls calls him Baby Yoda and I call him Grogu, and so our daughter like looks at us like, wait, what is it like? I'm just learning to talk. Like you guys need to decide. <laughs> Funny uh, story about that. My, Kelsey, my wife, I hadn't caught up in season two yet, but she was like, did you know that we find out baby Yoda's real name? And she's like, yeah, his real name's like Griswold. I was like, <laughs> I was like, his name is not Griswold. There's no way. And, uh, anyway, we ended up looking it up, but that'd be better. I, <laughs> now I think of little baby Griswold. <laughs> yeah. Little Russ, little Russ Griswold, yeah, running, little Russ, running exactly around like in a vacation. jacket. <laughs> but but yeah, going and back so, to your question, so um, so now like like Avery has yet to sit and watch an episode of Mandalorian with us, but she, One's a little but young. she does <laughs> like his YouTube highlights quite a bit. Um, oh, you nice. know, if she like if we're just cruising through, like best of yeah, baby, yeah, Yoda. like like nice. it'll be like a you know four or five minute sequence of baby Yoda scenes and she's she's just totally all over it so I think I think I've already planted that that Star Wars seed um and now now I just you know really have to keep pushing it you know as, as she gets older yep. nurture it but I have I have tried <laughs> to think about like what order I I show her the movies yeah that's a yeah that's always the question and so I, I'm curious what is your favorite Star Wars movie if you had to pick? Okay. Um, good question. And it's, it's a tough one. Like, yeah, gun to your head, have yeah. to pick your favorite. Um, I feel like I'm in the minority with this one, but I have to say Return of the Jedi. And Ooh. the reason I feel like I'm in the minority is because I feel like 
other 80s kids like me that sort of grew up like after like the start the movies had already been out like we didn't see the movies in yeah. theaters but like it was still there's still like a lot of hype um and like it was it seemed like you know friends in college and stuff everybody or anyone that was any star wars fan was always like empire strikes back empire strikes back but i was always like oh i kind of like return of the jedi the most um and i think it was just i think i liked the culmination of it um and there's so many scenes in there that I remember watching as a kid that like, I don't know, just, um, spoke to me. Uh, but then I will say, I'm going to give you top three, um, return of the Jedi yeah. was, is <laughs> probably number one, but like right behind it is force awakens. I really, wow. yeah, I really enjoyed wow. force awakens. Um, and I think it was because like, I remember when the prequels came out, I was super pumped about the prequels and they kind of let me down and then when the sequels came out i was like i don't know the prequels kind of had a pretty low bar um so i didn't really expect much and then like force awakens came out and it kind of gave me all those like original original trilogy feelings again but like in a new way Mm -hmm. um plus i liked you know kind of the, the characters that they introduced us to there but you still had some of the old characters. And so that, that would be like my one, two, one, a one B thing that, and then you said top three. Oh, what, and then probably the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I feel, I feel pretty similar to you with, with, you know, why you love Return of the Jedi. I think it's kind of the same reason why I love Revenge of the Sith more than especially Dallin. We've talked about it before, just because of that, you know, the fondness for it as I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's specific I, scenes or things in there that like really like that you always kind of went back to. Yeah, totally. That's a I, I for some reason I knew you were going to say Return of the Jedi was your favorite, Justin, but I'm shocked. I'm shook <laughs> that uh, The Force Awakens was your number two. That's awesome. Right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about our issues with the sequels, but I, I agree that that Force Awakens is probably my favorite of them. <laughs> I'm a I'm a last Jedi apologist. I've, I've got to say, but we don't we don't have to get into that. I don't know where you where you fall on that, Justin. <laughs> That's I I like I actually like all of the sequels, even the Rise of Skywalker. Um, we're so you, I, we're going to dive yeah. into this maybe a little <laughs> totally. bit later. If if Rise of Skywalker could have only come out after Mandalorian. Yeah, totally. Like there's, oh, they jumped the gun. There's so many times watching Mandalorian and I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, like why couldn't we put some of this into Rise of Skywalker? Oh, okay. Well, then that's a great segue. It just felt Let's... really rushed. I felt like, uh, like J.J. Abrams was trying to make Star Wars gumbo like in that, and like everybody's got to eat this and I hope you like yeah, it. Yeah, I tried and to just make just everyone like, happy. Yeah, and it just ended up being a big mess. I completely agree. But that's a great segue into let's just dive into talking about The Mandalorian now. So this is going to be full spoilers for season two of The Mandalorian. And for anyone that doesn't watch Star Wars, uh, sorry, I guess we'll see you next week. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Justin, tell us just really quick, how do you feel about The Mandalorian overall? Obviously, I'm a big fan. Dallin has had mixed feelings over the two season run, but I think we can all agree this season was great. How... How do you feel about it? I, I'm a huge fan. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I think going into it, I was like, oh, I'll show about a bounty hunter. I don't know. Um, 
the fact that like John Favreau was behind it, I was like, okay, I think I can, you know, put some good faith into what is going to happen here. I just, you know, I just hope that like the, the story was, was going to be there. Um, and I was, yeah, very, it, it took me maybe three episodes or so to really, really start enjoying it. Um, but I think that like in totality, I think it's probably one of the best things in the, in Star Wars canon. Um, and I, and I just think it's, it's only going to continue to get like bigger. It's funny. I agree. It's funny, Justin, that you say it took you three episodes to start enjoying it. Cause it took me about three or four episodes to start not enjoying it. <laughs> um, but so man, there's, there's just so much to talk about. Um, my, I guess my, the reason that I had trouble at first with the Mandalorian is that I was expecting it to be this space opera in the way that, um, the three trilogies that we already have kind of were, you know, these big epic, Mm -hmm. um, space adventures with, with love interests and, um, intergalactic warfare and, you know, all that stuff. Whereas the Mandalorian wasn't that, you know, it was a Western, right? It was like, it was like your classic Western set in the Star Wars universe. And Mm -hmm. I think I, I just, it, it took me a while to adjust to that, but uh, I don't know, Nick, Justin, how, how did you guys like that kind of Western genre that uh, the Mandalorian used? Yeah, totally. I think I, it's what makes the show so strong in my opinion. I think that it's draws on the Western influences really well and it's almost more of like a, a serial, like an old fashioned Western serial where every episode's a kind of a different adventure and, you know, each one can kind of have their own themes and even, you know, different themes about morality or one can be about love. And then you can have different, um, styles too. Like this season, we saw that, um, the episode that was almost a samurai film pretty much with Ahsoka. So, you know, I think it lets it do a lot of cool stuff and I, just love that it gives them so much more freedom. I would, I would, uh, yeah, totally agree with what you said there, Nick. Um, I think that cause I was, I was sort of taken aback by the Western thing too at first Alan, where I was like, mm, gosh, is this something that like, I'm going to really want to get into every week. Um, like I thought that maybe it was going to like grow stale for me. Um, but I think I like that it was a different take on star Wars, um, with, you know, kind of shooting it that way and, and even, you know, down to like the music and how it's shot, um, that because it was different enough, um, it sort of felt refreshing, um, rather than being like kind of carbon copy. Right. And I think that's, you know, John Favreau said that at the beginning, he said, you know, I don't want this to be like the other star Wars films. Let's do something different. I think it was ambitious, but like you're saying, and I think everybody feels the same. It paid off. Right. Um, Justin comparing season one with season two, did you see a big difference? And uh, do you have a favorite season? Why or why not? Um, yeah, I think they're, you know, they're both, in my mind, they're both really well done. I felt like in in season two, they were playing it cautious a little um, just because they wanted to make sure that, like, maybe they didn't, like, lose viewership. They wanted to make sure they, you know, kind of brought people into it. 
season two, I felt like they were willing to take more risks, which I think was awesome. Um, you know, it was bigger and more different landscapes. Uh, even when you think of like all the different like locations and stuff that they went to, um, there were, there were some episodes that like, like the, the ice spider episode was, was kind of tough to watch it at, at spots. Um, and yeah, definitely creepy in, there was a little bit of that in season one, but I feel like in season two, they, they brought it, um, a little bit more. And so I just think that like, uh, Favreau and Filoni were kind of, you know, they, they, I think they, they saw w- what they could do in season one and they're like, okay, like we've got a fan base now, like now we can like really kind of pump this thing up. Um, and so I think I liked season two a little bit more. Uh, and you know, a, a, a good amount of that has to do with how it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that's, yeah, that's well said. I think season one was definitely almost proof of concept for the, for a live action Star Wars show. And then, you have season two where they really want to go big and they have a lot of plans for all these cool characters that they've created and older characters from animated shows that have been left with uh, open-ended stories. So I think it's awesome that they've been so successful in executing this and that they have great crews behind it. You know, this, just the directors alone for both seasons have been amazing. Big names like Bryce Dallas Howard, Taika Waititi, John Favreau himself. So I think that's been one of the fun things about the show too. Yeah. And and I agree with you guys. What did it for me for season two were the set pieces. They were way cooler. The world building um, was a lot more intense and just a lot more iconic moments for me. Um, the, the fights were better choreographed. Um, the action sequences were a little less cheesy to me. And that is because, oh. you know, Disney ponied up a hundred million for the show and a lot of that was allocated to startup costs for the first season. Um, and in this second season, they had more money and they spent it really well. You can tell the effects are better um, and it just looks better. It's a prettier season uh, in my eyes to say nothing of the story like you guys have mentioned. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So now let's talk about some of these more spoilery topics because we, we've danced around it for a bit, but... Let's talk about, so season two included a lot of iconic characters, both from the movies and from animated shows. So, so we had, who was the guy with the green lightsaber at the end? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. Uh, Qui-Gon did Jinn. something? No, I'm just kidding. Yoda. <laughs> it was Yoda. Yoda. <laughs> Surprise. So actually a lot of, a lot of like things I saw online, people thought that Yaddle was going to be the one who showed up at the end. <laughs> old old creepy yeah. yaddle <laughs> but anyway so yeah season two had we had people like boba fett fly, fly x-wing <laughs> we had boba fett we had uh bo katan we had ahsoka tano and of course we had luke skywalker in the final moments of the show so how did you all feel about all of these recurring characters coming back you can go first alan well I almost feel underqualified to answer the question because I haven't seen um, the Clone Wars, the animated series. That's where Ahsoka really shines. Am I right, Nick? Yes. So I can't. I can't speak to that. I'll let Justin do that. Um, Luke Skywalker was cool at the end. His digital de aging um, looked a little, a little weird. Uh, kind of took me out of show for mm-hmm. a second. You know. Um, which is weird because I didn't feel the same way when they did it to Princess Leia for Rogue One. 
Um, maybe because she had like two seconds of screen time compared to Luke's two minutes or so. Um, but what the the iconic character that they brought back that I really enjoyed was Boba Fett. Um, I think he he added a lot to the story and the episode that's kind of centered around him and his introduction was my favorite of the of this it was so good i think that's chapter 14 the tragedy yeah the it's unbelievable the the gunfight um where the protagonists have the upper you know the high ground uh, but there's just waves of stormtroopers coming after them really really well shot um battle and yeah i I was loving it but justin what do you what do you think about uh or go ahead nick no, no, I was just going to say also, I was going to nerd out more about that episode. I was going to say, the funny thing about that episode, Robert Rodriguez directed it. And do you know what he's best known From for? From Dusk Till Dawn, right? Or, or what, Machete? Or, yeah. I was going to say Spy Kids. <laughs> Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl and all those movies. Oh, he gave man. us the best Boba Fett content we've ever gotten. And I think he's producing the new Boba Fett show. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did hear that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Justin. Tell us what you thought about all these iconic characters. Well, I was just, you know, like, I honestly, I didn't ever, before Mandalorian came out, I kind of didn't totally get the hype behind Boba Fett because he was, you know, this Mm -hmm. this kind of cool bounty hunter um, in Empire Strikes Back. And then in Return of the Jedi, like, he does nothing. And his death is pretty embarrassing or what you think is his death is you know like if you go back and watch that like um you know he never even uses his (laughs) jetpack you don't see him fight Uh, ever but yet (laughs) you never see him fight but yet the jetpack gets gets shot and it like you know blows him into the starlight pit and then he and then he rolls down the hill into the starlight pit. he doesn't really put up a a fight um he just kind of like 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 he's like rolling (laughs) like rolling down a grass hill. Um, and, and so like, I think for me, like you see all these people that are all about Boba Fett and I was just like, I don't get it. Like he wasn't that cool, but then I feel like this show really brought it back. Um, even in the first episode when, yeah, the tease um, of him and the, the guy has his armor. Yeah. Cobb Vanth. Timothy Oliphant. (laughs) He's great. Yeah. I thought, I thought like when he showed up in the armor, I was like, Whoa, okay, this is, I could get into this. Like he's, you know, and and it was the first time you actually could see like what Boba Fett's armor was Mm -hmm. all about. You know, like the fact that like the helmet did that cool thing where, you know, like he brought the rockets that like that lever down and then it shoots a rocket off the, off the backpack. That's OP. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> Take, takes down a whole exactly. spaceship uh, with his little jetpack exactly. rocket. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're like, where? Where was this? You know, where was this? Like yeah, against Luke in the original <laughs> movies. Um, and and so I think that was that was cool. And then obviously, I think when they um, when they brought him back in that episode, in his ship, his oh. ship alone, I think is is a, is a character in and of itself because you don't really like you kind of know about Boba's ship in the movies, but to actually like sort of see how it flies mm-hmm. and maneuvers and, and stuff. You can see the cabin, um, how it moved on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To me, that was fascinating because I remember like having the toy of the ship as a kid, but like never totally understanding how it flies. And so to actually like see it fly in the show, I was like, okay, that's really no, cool. totally. I got goosebumps when you, you know, in that episode, when you just see it fly across the screen and you're like, Oh, I know who that is. I know who that is. 
<laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, I was like, wait, that's, that's not yeah. real. That can't be bullish. I know. No I was way. not expecting that for sure. Uh, and then we also got the, the seismic charges that make the, that awesome sound. <laughs> yes. Love that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Glad they gave us that. And the fact that like him and him and Mando became bros, like right oh, yeah, away. Got like, respect. Yo dude, I'm, I'm not here for your armor. I'm here for my armor. I was like, Oh, okay. They can be buds. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I thought the inclusion of him was pretty smart, and it was well done within the story. So yeah, I um, I thought that the Ahsoka episode titled "The Jedi" was some of mm-hmm. the coolest lightsaber action that I had seen uh, in a Star Wars title. Um, but I'm wondering from from both of you guys. Um, as fans of the Clone Wars and knowing more about Ahsoka and her background, what did her appearance in The Mandalorian mean for you? Yeah, Justin, you can go first. I don't know how much of the Clone Wars you've seen, but... Uh, embarrassed. I'm, I'm about halfway through <laughs> Clone Wars. Um, so I, I feel like I know Ahsoka pretty oh, totally. well. Um, and just... I, I feel like I kind of sort of had to do some research about her before this episode because I kind of knew it was coming. Um, and to me, the atmosphere, like, kind of artistically, the way that they set that up, um, her, uh, the, the atmosphere of, of the the setting that she's in, that forest yeah. kind of like with like the the smoke and like the the trees that, that have all like gone dead, like, that set up like just such a cool vibe um, around that city. And I know that that kind of the idea behind that episode was sort of based on like seven samurai, Mm -hmm. like the old, you know, like you were saying, like the old samurai movies. Um, And so I think like the way that they, the, the way that they brought her out was just so, so good. And I think that she was cast perfectly. Um, I think Rosario Dawson, like she's awesome. So good, so good, and I don't think you know, like they could have done that any better. Um, and then the the lightsabers, you know, the the, the twin the white. Uh, white white lightsabers that are kind of like katanas. I thought that was like really really cool, and the way that she moved was was awesome. And so, I mean, that I've I've gone back and rewatched that episode four <laughs> times just because it's it's like so epic. Like that that could be a standalone movie almost. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that was one of my favorite episodes for sure because I'm a big Ahsoka fan. So I started watching Clone Wars because, like not right away, I only started watching it because Maul came back and I wanted to see that. So then, you know, I watched whatever season he was in as it was airing and then I said to myself, oh, I should just go back and watch the rest because it was on Netflix at the time. But, you know, now I've become a huge fan and... They've done a season seven, which was awesome. And I'm excited for you to get to the end because it, the show does get a lot better. So mm-hmm. it was just awesome okay. seeing Ahsoka, honestly, because she is such a well-developed character in the shows because she has a pretty important role in Rebels too. So just seeing her in the live action was exciting and seeing that they're, you know, they have a whole project now based off of her and Rosario Dawson's version of her is really cool. It, yeah, it, it's cool, mm-hmm. but also we don't need a spin-off series for every single character. Oh, in the yeah, I agree. Everyone. But um see this one, sorry, really quick. Just this one though doesn't bother me. I agree, you know, everyone doesn't need one, but I think they have a a pretty clear goal with this one is it's being a a Star Wars Rebels sequel series pretty much. Gotcha. So it kind of 
picks up right where that and, show's and, and gonna it's be. Like, I feel like I yeah. feel like the way you know getting the costume and getting like Rosario Dawson in like if you're only gonna use her mm-hmm. one time for one episode that like to me that would feel really wasteful. yeah she's too big of a character and <laughs> and I think that like giving her her own show i mean that'll get a huge fan, fan yeah following. absolutely and it was teased um you know kind of what that conflict might be when she asks you know where's grand admiral thrawn who's the antagonist from rebels so i think yep. that's kind yeah. of the direction but i know down to your point i agree you know everyone doesn't need one i don't want the the rangers of the new republic or whatever in the droid <laughs> yeah, story i'm but... just sitting here waiting for a <laughs> spinoff on those frog people from uh, yeah, that one episode uh Frog lady and ice spider. Fertilized. That's really good. Um, no, we need a Gungan show. But you, no, please, uh, no, Nick. No. You, you actually brought up something Never. talking about how you got into the Clone Wars because you heard Maul came back. That is one of my biggest beefs with the Star Wars universe is that they bring characters back from the dead. Uh, the yeah. most frustrating example would be Palpatine in uh, The Rise of Skywalker, which just was, I think, one of the laziest uh, writing decisions that they could have made was take yeah. the this big, bad, scary villain from the original trilogy who had a really epic death and then cheap it. Cheap it had that. nothing to do with the first two movies. Yeah, they, the they, they cheapened it and they brought him back. And so they kind of did that with Boba too and the Mandalorian, but that didn't feel quite as annoying to me. Number one, because Boba wasn't as central of a character. Mm-hmm. Like Justin mentioned, we didn't know a lot about him. So it was cool to learn more about him. And also yeah. he didn't drive the plot. You know, the plot didn't center around Boba Fett. He just added uh, kind of texture to the story and to the world. Um, but anyway, bringing Maul back too after after his iconic death in the Phantom Menace, it's just um, I, I can't think of a better word than lazy. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I think that's fair, but you know, I think until you see the Maul stuff in Clone Wars, it's it's really good. So you know, that's why I think that was okay. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think that like I feel like some of that is merchandising. Um, <laughs> you know, the the like. Disney sees like these great merchandising opportunities with certain characters, and they're like, "We got to get these guys <laughs> yeah, totally. the show somehow." Um, but I, you know, like I think you know, Maul with spider legs, like I could, I could get behind. <laughs> that's it. terrifying. Come <laughs> on, yeah, that's just cool. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he had And then, legs. yeah, well, I think the coolest part about Maul's inclusion in Clone Wars is his is actually tied directly to the plot of Mandalore and all the Mandalorian stuff that happens in Clone Wars. So. He actually has a pretty important role to the to like Mandalorian society. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I don't want to spoil it too much, but at one point he has the dark saber. And the 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 dark saber stuff, like (laughs) going back and and rewatching the the last episode and um, kind of watching Bo Katan's emotions, Mm -hmm. like when she sees Mando with the the dark saber (laughs) and. uh, what's his name? The bad guy, uh, Gideon, uh, Gus Fring. Gideon, yeah, yeah. When he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When when he's telling, like he he's so happy with himself that it happened oh, that he's way. Giddy, and, yeah, <laughs> and he's such a good oh, actor yeah. that just like plays that just shows how great of an actor Giancarlo Esposito is. Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, and you can see that like Bo-Katan is, um, just boiling inside. Uh, and Mando, he like, he could care less. He's like, no, like 
don't give me any more work to do. Like, just stop. Like, just take it. Take it. Yeah. And he looked so freaking cool when he walked in, holding it like ignited, holding Grogu in one hand. Yeah. God, that was yeah. so cool. See, I thought it was just a rip off of the Elder Wand from Harry Potter. Uh, like the whole thing where you have to defeat the person in battle to have it. But apparently, I don't know. I guess there, there's a backstory. It felt. It, it felt does very feel like that. Yeah. To if, yeah, too. yeah. Totally. So I guess. <laughs> yeah, Dallin, you really got it. I got to tell you which Clone Wars episodes to watch now, yeah. so that you. you can get yeah, it. sitting here <laughs> talking to you guys, I'm, I'm. I really feel like watching it actually. So uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> well, definitely at least like the last the the series finale is worth watching. The last four episodes, if you do nothing else, but well, I'll talk to you more about it anyway. Okay. Um, mentioned earlier, we mentioned you know, some of those new Disney plus shows, um, kind of curious, are there any that really stand out to you, Justin, that you're excited about? Do you kind of feel annoyed by all the new stuff we have coming? I mean, there's, there's so much coming out in Disney plus, um, that some of it, like, I, you know, I just, I, I think that they're, they did, I don't want them to hurt the brand, mm-hmm. but like, even two two episodes into WandaVision, I'm kind of like, uh, what are we doing here? Um, but as far as Star Wars goes, um, definitely pumped about the Ahsoka show. Um, the fact that uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen are going to be in the Obi-Wan show, psh, I'm all about that Me for too. sure. Um, I think if it was cast a little bit different, I would have been like, oh, I don't know if I need another dude as Obi-Wan. Um, but the fact that it's both of those guys, I think that's really, really cool. Um, and I'm actually excited about the, the Andor one too, just cause I think, um, casting Andor like was a cool character in, in Rogue One. And, uh, I really like Diego oh, yeah. Luna. Um, and, and actually I was looking at that, the, uh, they have a good cast like Stellan Skarsgård and, um, Alan Tiddick are going to be in it too. And so I think that, and isn't it supposed to be like a kind of like a spy thriller? Yeah, I think so. Like showing him as a a spy for the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm definitely pumped about those three. Um, Plus, you know, Mandalorian season three. Uh, I think the, like the Rangers one and the, uh, what's like the, I always want to call it the battle bots. (laughs) The droid story. Oh yeah, (laughs) Acolyte. Um, but, but what's the, what's the cartoon, the, the cartoon, uh, um, visions or no, there's one that starts with oh, a yeah. bad batch, oh, I'll think bad batch, bad batch. Yeah. That's a clone Wars spin. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't that, know how like, I feel uh, about that uh, one either. I think we, we feel pretty similarly about them. Like those are the exact ones we're excited about too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, to me, so much of it comes down to like the casting, um and isn't there going to be a lando one is that, oh, is that a yeah thing? that is another one i see uh, i even forgot about I don't that like lando we don't Do know which... like lando as a character i don't that's that w- that's I like where donald I was glover. With that. yeah donald glover's sick i i like donald glover as donald glover i do not like donald glover as lando at all he to me like donald glover and billy d williams they were like so far apart um as characters i'm like wait who is this guy um that the whole lando in 
the solo movie was a total joke to me. <laughs> so, so was a lot of that movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, the, I, I think what you're saying, Justin is the characters that you care about, that you really care about and have an attachment to the shows about them are the ones that you're down for like, and, or, you know, from Rogue One or uh, Obi-Wan and, and uh, Anakin. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think uh, Disney's at a point where they can just finance a million projects and see which ones stick, yeah. you know? Yeah, you know, they're not all going to have two multiple seasons, but, you know, they'll be cool for the, the fans that really are looking for it. Right, so so right. I'm curious, Nick, you mentioned season three, of, or maybe it was you, Justin, uh, season three of The Mandalorian. So now that I almost called him Baby Yoda, uh, Grogu, uh, now that Grogu has been turned over to Luke, uh, The Mandalorian and Grogu are separated, where, where do you guys see the story going next season? Ooh, that's a great question. You know, personally, just I think they're going to tackle more of the the reclaiming of Mandalore, maybe. You know, I, maybe the Mandalorian and Bo-Katan will stay teamed up and try to reclaim their home world, and then the drama with the Darksaber could be involved with that. I do think at some point we'll get Grogu back because, you know, he promised that he'd see him again at the very end. So I think they wouldn't have wrote that line if it wasn't true. But that's kind of the only takes I have on it so far. The the outrage in the writing that there would be if there was no Grogu in season three would just be <laughs> insane. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day. And like, as I had mentioned earlier um, with the Build-A-Bear thing, I think the, uh, the Grogu... Um, Grogu mania? The emotional pull, <laughs> the emotional pull from Grogu... Um, and it might just be because like I have a baby and every single thing that Grogu does reminds me of my daughter. Um, but the, I feel like the emotional pull of Grogu is almost going to be greater than that of like any other Star Wars character ever. Um, like if something bad ever happened to Grogu, like I just can't imagine how people would react to that. I mean, he became uh, a cultural icon overnight. I don't, uh, you know, day one yeah. the show premiered, he was a and, phenomenon. Exactly, exactly. And I think that the way that Filoni and Favreau have been able to hit all the right notes in so many ways, I think that they're going to they're gonna know exactly how to use Grogu and like where to put him into the story and sort of where to kind of put him in sort of the chronology of all Jedi. Um, you know, how, how are they going to place him into the story of like Luke with Ben Solo? You know, is, is there going to be like... Are we ever going to see Grogu, you know, and Yoda like yeah, chilling in, like, through the force or something? Back in the yeah. day, yeah, they yeah. would have known um, each other. I think so. I, I saw something that said it was like the IMDb trivia for the Mandalorian and Luke or Anakin Skywalker and Grogu are the same age. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Weird. Yeah, it's not weird to think about. They're both fifty at this point. <laughs> yeah, that was weird to find out that Grogu was fifty years old. Uh, just. Little old man, baby, like Benjamin Button. So he's like a little. So he's like a little bit, a little bit older than Ahsoka. Yeah, exactly. So they would have okay. known each other, maybe. You know, right? Who knows? There's right. a lot of questions with that. I agree. So I think they'll. We obviously haven't seen the last of him. Well, he'll come back at some point in season three, but just when we don't know. As, and you know, the degree that they'll include Luke's Jedi Academy and stuff too. It uh oh yeah because that, that was one of my favorite parts of the last Jedi. I was kind of going back to that. I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. But 
Um, that's interesting, Justin. You talked about the emotional pull that Grogu has, especially as a, as a father yourself. Um, for me, as far as emotional pull goes, it, it's like Admiral Akbar at the top, and then uh, then I'd put you know <laughs> Grogu and and everybody else. So I don't know. Is that I would put after I put those porgs maybe at top <laughs> from the last time. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> there you go. So much emotional. A little, yeah. Uh, I, I got a question for you guys. As as that X wing is pulling up in the, and I hope not jump, jumping no, gun here. No, let's talk final episode. I love it. Okay. As that X wing is pulling up, did you guys like know for sure it was going to be Luke, or did you did you think it was going to be? Because to me, like I had like four or five different ideas going on. Yeah. So then, my top idea was Yaddle. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to no. That's a I great had to question. Google Yaddle yeah, because I didn't know what the heck you. Guys, you forgot Yaddle. She was in the Phantom and Menace, and, like, and she wait what? Just Yoda what with a wig. I think they what? just had an extra Yoda doll on set, so they just put a wig on. She looks like Yoda got <laughs> her in the council. Like his soul sucked out by a dementor or something. Like I'm looking at her face. Right maybe now. maybe it's Grogu's mom. <laughs> ew <laughs> ew. Funny oh twist. That's a tough issue. No, but I to answer your question, I already I can't remember how I found out. It was spoiled for me. I knew. Yeah, it's spoiled. That's because okay, we can we can roast Dallin a little bit now. Dallin only just watched it like yesterday in about one full day. He he was about a month late to the bandwagon, and I've already you know watched it five times through at this point. But <laughs> I I feel like. I was so upset by the finale of season one. I thought it sucked so hard. <laughs> Which I don't get either. I love. Oh my gosh! I thought it sucked. The lava pits. You didn't like uh, the lava pits. Well, the lava pits were cool. Um, just the whole <laughs> fact that there was an entire army outside of that little bar, and they were trapped, and they just waited for them to escape. You know, like they could have just flash banged them and like gone in and just taken them out. And so many of the okay, you can't start poking holes in Star Wars no, 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 and the whole no. thing unravels. Well, <laughs> well, the thing is, and that's why I like season two more, is because the, the fights were more believable. Um, and we already talked about some of them, uh, and the set pieces were were more memorable. But that is why it took me so long to start. And there was and there was less Cara Dune Dude, for you. Cara Dune. <laughs> you oh Cara my gosh! Dune. When she came back in season two, I was like, "You gotta be kidding me! We're we're doing we're we're doing this again. <laughs> we're doing it." All right. Uh, I actually didn't. I didn't mind her as much in season two. Um, probably because yeah. I mean, she doesn't do a ton. <laughs> she she just has that same face where she's like her mouth is a little bit open and she's showing her teeth. Yeah. So she's just kind of like always. Did you like the reveal that she's from Alderaan? Uh, sure. Sure. That was, was like fine. so weak. <laughs> I know it was like eye rolling. And the the X wing pilot's like, "Did you lose somebody?" And she's like, "Everyone, everyone." I was like, "Yeah, your your whole planet blew up." And then, yeah, your planet, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Down, down. I gotta tell you, ever since like you guys had the 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 episode of your podcast where you were talking about your feelings towards Cara Dune <laughs> in such a negative way that. That backfired, and now I watch her, and I'm like, ah, uh, he's right. She's kind of obnoxious. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad. <laughs> like the the part when the X-wing pulls up and she goes, "Great, one X-wing." Yeah, like that ruined the otherwise perfect scene. Yeah, her like attempts at sarcasm, her little quips. Yeah, they're they're tough. They're tough. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Well, for me, going back to that question that you asked, I, I didn't know it was Luke right away. I also had a, a guess that it could be, I was thinking it would be a, a Rebels character because that was kind of, I think, where I thought the show was going, especially after the Ahsoka episode. But I was so glad when it was Luke. And then, you know, honestly, once you see the, the green lightsaber, you have to know. Yeah, I was, dude, I was looking Gloves. at the hands. I was like, <laughs> if there's one gloved hand and one non-gloved <laughs> hand, we know what that is. Oh, man. And it was just so well done. I think the whole finale was amazing. Just like that last 20 minutes, I could probably rewatch once every hour because it's so perfect dude i did <laughs> up it last from the night, dark just saber to get, just fight to get ready for this from the dark saber fight <laughs> through the end of that the episode yeah that yep. was cool yep exactly cool. exactly and i think just the way that they um c- kind of the, the the way that they set up that scene with uh the dark troopers like mm-hmm. how they made like mando just you know, gets wrecked by one. I was, <laughs> I was yeah, so upset you know, at first when, I was he, when he he pulled the lever and they all went away. I was like, "Are you serious?" Like the build up just for him to yeah. flip a switch and kill <laughs> yeah. all of them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I was glad that they came back. All these like dark troopers. Yeah. Okay. How does the the final scene? You know, it gave me very similar feelings to when I watched the end of Rogue One. You know, with Darth Vader and the slaughtering rebels mm-hmm. left and right. You know, did this scene invoke similar feelings in the both of you? Like, how did it make you, make you feel? Because I, I just had goosebumps the whole time. Yeah, I'll, uh, I can take this one first. It almost, this is a not a not a perfect comparison, but the the show's patience and the culmination in the finale almost gave me like Vince Gilligan, like Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul vibes, Ooh, nice. where they're they spent a lot of time building a world you know and building a story to have the ending be so like have such a satisfying climax you know and and have so much action in it um, and have everything that a star wars fan loves it it almost it was reminiscent of of kind of one of those yeah. uh, like a breaking bad uh, season finale yeah and you can tell that they take it so seriously when they include these old characters you know they you can just tell they put a lot of care into how they included luke and i think it was smart that he kept his hood up for most of the time. So you couldn't really see him and you didn't have to rely on the, the de-aging thing. And while I agree, it isn't the f- most flawless system. I I'm glad that it was still Mark Hamill and not, you know, some other recasted actor. Well, I, Sebastian Stan. Yeah. That was the, the top theory. Well, yeah, I, I could see right. that. I, I, Which I, I don't know if they were going to do more with Luke, I would say recast the role, but right. I, I uh, right. just real quick to bash on the force or, um, Gosh dang it, The Rise of Skywalker one more time. Nick, you said that they were very careful and almost reverent towards these characters that they were bringing back, and that's the opposite of the way I felt about The Rise of Skywalker. Like, like Justin, you described Uh, it. Let's bring Lando back. gumbo, just this gumbo, just throw everybody in there, you know, see how many fans. Do do whatever you want. (laughs) So anyway, go ahead, Justin, you can uh, answer the question. I was, I was just thinking like, um, yeah, I think what you said with, you know, with Breaking Bad and the way that like, there's this tension, the whole episode, you know, that, that, that is just building and rewatching it again, there's the way that they use the score. I mean, I think the, the score in itself is, is phenomenal. Yeah, and that's something I want to talk um, about more too. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. sorry. No, finish, sorry. Finish, I, um, but like just how you know, the, the music totally shifts, um, when you see it's Luke and like, they, they, they come back with like the John Williams, like 
Luke standing on on Tatooine looking at Moon's song, the, the Luke theme, like that, like was like, oh my gosh. Um, and I, I, so I think that there was there was a lot of emotion that happened with that. And then there's there's again there's so much emotion around Grogu if you watch. You know, after after um, they take Grogu into that cockpit, he's like all tired and like, you know, he's at he's at his blood drained and he's like ready to pass out. And then like when you see the X wing pull up and like Grogu's eyes open wide yeah, and his ears, his ears kind of perk up, um, and he does like a little mouth open thing, um, like that. That just to me, um, that helps kind of just raise raise the stakes of, of everything that's going on. She's like, Oh gosh, like what is, what is Grogu sensing right now? Um, and I remember like my wife and I were just like looking at each other, like, Oh gosh, what's going on right now? Um, and I think the way that they use him, like that, that they kind of go back and forth between Grogu and like what Luke is doing. And then you've got Grogu, like looking at the, the monitor and like reaching out his hand and stuff. I think the way that they orchestrated all that was really, really cool and it just kind of like feeds into the emotion of of the whole overall piece. I agree. I wanted to talk about that exact same scene. You know, it's it's so well done where you see the the ship fly in and then he perks up and you know, oh, it's a Jedi. Like it's gotta be, it's gotta be. So just the fact that he kept coming back to to Grogu's reaction, I loved that too. So yeah, you brought up the score. I think we need to talk about the music for sure in the whole show. That's one of my highlights of it, you know. It's been amazing throughout. The main theme is really cool. And even in the finale, especially um, the thing that comes to mind specifically for me is the dark saber battle in the the -hmm. intense music that comes with that. And then you have these lighter moments that are, you know, Luke walking in and there's not a lot of music, but you just have an electric guitar. You know, it's way different than any other orchestra driven music that you get in the main original movies and all of the theatrical ones it's it's so different and unique yeah and, and i think i mean this is ludwig Gor, gorenson nick how do you pronounce his last name i think gorenson yeah ludwig yeah. gorenson that dude that dude's just like hanging out in his basement like he's so good. doing it all himself it's crazy <laughs> he, and he's good he's so good he's like the next han zimmer john williams oh yeah he he and he and that's the thing he has his own brand too you know he has his own distinct style just like han zimmer um has but I I think just like he did with Christopher Nolan on Tenet, he's very meticulous about matching the score and the music to specific moments of scenes. And like you're saying, Nick, it's not just this overarching like orchestra playing and during everything, uh, every every mm. strum of the guitar or every uh, is it a flute? What is that? What is that noise? I think the recorders. The recorders. It's, it's like it's like a giant recorder. <laughs> yeah. If you've seen like the the stuff on gallery, yes, it's like exactly. the recorders that you guys used to play back in fifth grade, <laughs> but like but giant. just like three times larger. <laughs> and that what that's what gives you the. It's awesome. And then I just yeah, I love how he does all the different experimental instruments, and he'll try to do you know things from different tribes and ethnicities and all different parts sounds from all over the world is so cool i was just looking him up and he did black panther too which i didn't realize and that also had amazing music and that was all very tribal inspired and very unique so yeah he's he's an amazing composer that's really cool the fact that he does it all himself is is pretty wild Mm -hmm. yeah so you you brought up 
the the gallery documentary on Disney Plus. Have you seen all of those? Dude, I eat that stuff up like crazy. Yeah, I loved like, it. It was so. I cool. don't know if it's like the the artistic side of me that like I, I love anything behind the scenes, like seeing like the makeup artists, like the the way that the 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 sets are. Yeah, built the, and the stuff. VFX um, set with the the surround sound LED, the volume, the volume. Yeah, um, yeah, I was it's cr- so so. A cool. little underwhelmed with the season two behind the scenes that they did. It was kind of just a, a brief, like you know, ten minutes about each episode, but. Yeah, right. season one they they went in depth about the the score, you know, the inspiration, the writers, the directors, which I thought was awesome. Mm. I feel like we might get more for season two, but maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It has some cool th- some cool ideas in it though, and really good interviews. The thing that impressed me with that Nick was like um, seeing Favreau and Filoni on set. What like they look like they're genuinely having yeah, a they're just really huge good time. star Wars nerds and they, yeah. yeah. And like they're not knows stressed everything. out at all. He knows everything. Filoni knows everything like Favreau, like the way that he can like, um, kind of talk to the, the, the actors and stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, get them to relax and like joke around with them. Like I was just thinking like, gosh, I don't, I didn't see, I don't see like, you know, some of the other directors, you know, JJ Abrams, Rain Johnson, George Lucas, like I don't see them like, vibing with <laughs> the actors the way that these guys are like they, they made it look like so easy almost oh completely and i you know i i have full faith in them now i'm you know let them yeah take over every star wars project now i don't have any issue with that <laughs> yeah. exactly star wars exactly. star wars is in good hands for sure and i'm glad that it's so. out of jj abrams hands <laughs> <laughs> totally so okay Wait, do, you guys, do you guys do you guys need more bill burr in your star wars <laughs> hey i liked him in the second episode was, yeah he was a I lot better because he did more yeah <laughs> I, I was gonna say I, I really appreciated like the conversation while they were driving about you know what what uh the mandalorian's whole like is, was he can he not show his face or can he not take the helmet off like he was just yeah. kind of questioning <laughs> or your helmet yeah and then that tied into it's questions we all have though <laughs> right and i thought it was cool he's kind of voicing our concerns too and um and then just this is the last thing I, I want to say about the show because I genuinely want to hear what you guys think or if I'm overthinking it. My <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite moments in season two was when we find out that the Mandalorian kind of came out of a cult, like like kind of a cult of yeah, uh, like Mandalorians um, and that they were trying to, they were like super traditionalist. And uh, so if, for me, that that started to tap into some cool kind of moral themes of like, what does the Mandalorian really believe in and what does he stand for? You know, um, is, am I missing something with that reference? So a little bit just with clone wars knowledge. So there's a pretty big, you know, the, the group that adopts the Mandalorian is in the clone war show. So you'd get a little bit more context from that, but no, I agree. I think that it was a really cool inclusion. And, you know, in season one, we also learned that he was, orphaned during the clone wars so you know there's a lot of cool layers with that and there like correct me if i'm wrong wrong nick but like the history between mandalorians and jedis yeah it's pretty gnarly it's it's pretty it's (laughs) pretty rough and i think that like i bet in season three we're gonna they're gonna dive into that a little bit more yeah um for people that that don't watch clone wars and rebels hopefully (laughs) right right that like now that like some jedis have been revealed like I think we're, we'll get a taste of like what that looks like in, you know, post 
post empire times. Yeah, I want to see Grogu with the dark saber. You know, I think he deserves it <laughs> <laughs> because. So, um, just a little bit about that. So that was a uh, like going back to the thing you're saying about Mandalorians not liking Jedi. The dark saber was made by a, a Mandalorian who was a Jedi like thousands and thousands of years ago. So that's why it's always been really sacred. But then there haven't really been any Mandalorian Jedi since. So that one's it's why the dark saber exists and why it's special. So let's give that to Grogu, uh, you know. Exactly. He's a Mandalorian and a Jedi now. <laughs> I'm these flips. Perfect. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, like with the Yoda Yeah, fights. just yeah. like the Yoda fight with Palpatine. Um, yeah. So, so my concluding question, Justin, would be, you know, it's, it's obvious that you love the Mandalorian. You love most things Star Wars. So Correct. where does the Mandalorian rank in the vast catalog of Star Wars canon for you? Oh, man. Um, that is a great question. I, I, it's, it's up there pretty high, I think, and which I never, you know, just starting it last year, I was like, ah, I would have never, I would have never guessed that. Um, but especially even after season one, I wouldn't have placed it that high, but for me, I think it would be kind of my top, my top three movies, you know, return of the Jedi force awakens and empire. And then I'd put Mando boom, right behind it. Nice. So I kind of have it sandwiched sandwiched between the, the originals and the, the sequel trilogy. And I, you can throw Sith in there. The first, the first two prequels are, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agreed. Okay, so um, unless you have anything else that you want to say about The Mandalorian, I think that pretty much wraps it up, but I do want to hear more about why you like The Rise of Skywalker because I hated that movie. <laughs> For me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I didn't, I wouldn't say I, I oh, okay. loved Okay, you just said it. that you liked the sequels. You were, you were too generous. Earlier. You were too generous. You, you are, yeah. Said. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. It just, okay, oh, good. Man, yeah, I keep thinking, Nick, <laughs> I keep thinking, like, if if only. I know, literally. I that's mean, taking taking all these, these, char- these characters from Mando and, like, if you could somehow throw yeah. them into the into the jj abrams gumbo um like how much better it actually could have been literally i think i said this in our instagram post uh, about season two but i think it's better sequels than the sequel trilogy it's funny because there was a question on reddit that was like what's the quickest you've known that a movie was gonna suck and the the highest rated (laughs) comment was quote the dead speak end quote you know which is what <laughs> pops up on those. the first line yeah. of the like crawl for rice <laughs> yeah. so gosh oh, that gosh. movie makes me upset that's good it's just so disappointing and sad <laughs> like i want to like it so bad and i want it to be good so bad then i'll try to rewatch it and remember how bad it is well <laughs> if, if that's what i was going to ask nick like if they take what they have going here in in mandalorian and then they do another show because i think there's supposed to be a show of like future ray oh that'd be um, cool like ray as a teacher um in the future like if like you would get to see ray and grogu hang out um, yeah. are you cool are you cool with that i don't know or are you just I guess. Like, are you guys just totally done with anything I, related to the sequel i think that there's potential for them to be saved kind of like how i feel clone wars kind of redeemed a lot of the prequel issues so right. I think there's definitely room for that. I think the Mandalorians already started doing that by 
you know, they kind of can establish some of the New Republic stuff and the First Order maybe. So who knows? But I think, you know, the sequels just left way too many questions that were never answered. And maybe the shows For could sure. help answer some of them. Right, right. Which I think, I think they'll do, you know. Because yeah, like, they like, have a million. They'll do a lot, a lot of fixing up. Um, and, and it is yeah. interesting how, they, how they'll throw, like, like in Mandalorian, how they throw, like, little bits of like what is to come like when you um the the scene when they're like in the the dam with uh cara dune yes. apollo creed <laughs> and you see like the little snokes like the little snokes yeah, growing, like the, the growing in the lab and you're, like, oh. and you're like oh wait this this is going in that direction oh yeah i guess it has to totally and then so then you know that creates a lot of questions about grogu again you know is he gonna be murdered by ben solo or is, um, oh. are we gonna see how he gets out and you know he lives for 900 years like you know like yoda so you know there's a lot of time to work with him exactly exactly just to wrap up justin do you want to tell everybody a little bit about you know some of the art stuff you do do a little bit of a, a self-plug a little promo you guys are so awesome to give me an opportunity to talk about it a little bit here um thank you so much for that so back in uh 2017 i stepped back from teaching to pursue my own art a little bit more full-time and to start my own business um i loved teaching really loved teaching so this was a really tough call for me to make um and for there was about two years there were like I kind of went back and forth with like, should I do something or, you know, should I, should I stay teaching? But then I kind of came out of it thinking that like, I'd always go back to teaching, you know, later in life, uh, if the art thing didn't work out, but there was definitely kind of this voice in my head that was like, you know, if you if you don't go out and try it, you're, you know, you might regret it later in life. Um, so at least get out there and like my wife has been extremely supportive and, you know, totally totally has pushed me, um, into doing this. And, uh, and that's been, that's been huge. Um, so anyways, the business I started is kind of an all inclusive decorative painting business. So like walls, cabinets, faux finishes, hanging wallpaper, you know, the whole, the whole painting thing. But the focal point is actually on, on murals. It's on the creative stuff. Um, and back, back in like 2017, 2018, I started experimenting with what is called a, a drywall mural, which is um, like a mural that's actually made out of plaster. You put like a plaster compound on the wall and you create your designs that way. So it's like a, a 3D design uh, on the wall uh, instead of just like a, you know, a painted 2D mural. Um, and that's something that you know, I've been really into, and I think a lot, a lot of it is because there seems to be sort of a big following for it, um, in like Europe and Russia and in Japan. Um, if you do like a deep dive on like a, a drywall mural or they also call it like a, a sculpted relief, that's kind of the, the art word for it is sculpted relief. Um, but a lot of it's it's uh, it's happening overseas, and so I feel like, you know, to be to get it to to hit the streets of America, uh, you know, it would be cool to be to be a part of that. Um, so I think that's kind of where the focus of my my art has been um, on the sculpted relief, and I've started doing it on 
on boards, like a, like on a kind of like a paneled, like a wooden panel canvas, um, and and then getting com- getting commissions based on those, so that it's like a it's like the drywall relief, but people um, the drywall mural, but people can actually like move it around in their house. So um, you know, I feel like the business, even though I'm about three and a half years in, I think it's it still feels like it's it's at the inception, um, maybe just past that, and there's still a long ways to go, but. Um, you know, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm happy that I, I kind of made this jump and, uh, you know, now, now I, I sort of have more of a focal point, um, on it than I did a few years ago. And the whole thing has been, has been really fun. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for giving me a chance to talk about that. That's, that's awesome. I, yeah, I love hearing that. And I guess, you know, once Dallin and I left Bradford, didn't really have much reason exactly, to stay. Exactly. <laughs> like Nick, not having you on in the news, <laughs> Not having you do the news every morning was just crushing to me. Tragic. Oh, man, tragic, it was hard to yeah. go to school. <laughs> oh, but but for those of you listening, uh, if you want to check out Justin's art, uh, his Instagram uh, username is jmancini.artworks. That's jmancini, M-E-N-C-I-N-I dot artworks. Uh, he's got a lot of cool stuff on there. I'm scrolling through it right uh, now. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Dude, thanks so much for coming. We had so much fun. And so we always end our show with just what you're watching this week or, you know, what, what you want to watch next. So what, what um, are you watching right now? My currently? wife is on a big Bridgerton kick. Um, I've watched, I've watched <laughs> nice. a little bit of that. Um, we're also huge fans of uh, the Great British Bake Off. Um, so there's a lot of that. Um in our house and gosh, really, really since Mando, um, I'm kind of, I've kind of been looking for the next thing, which is why I, I was, uh, starting WandaVision, but just not super, super pumped about WandaVision yet. Um, so I guess I'm, yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm still, still I guess I'm on the lookout, Nick. So if you guys have any suggestions, I will totally take them. <laughs> hey, that's what we're all about. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been great having you, man. <laughs> I just really wanted to thank you for having me on your podcast. I absolutely love this podcast. And uh, it's it's an honor and a privilege to be on here. Um, I'm in no ways a Star Wars expert, uh, but I certainly love talking about it and having an excuse to talk about it. Um, I do feel like a bit of an imposter on the show because you guys are, are so knowledgeable with everything. Um and I also feel like I've I've lost some credibility with you guys since I said that Force Awakens is my second favorite movie. Um, but hopefully you still respect me a little bit. Uh, seriously, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about Mando so in depth. Um, it's definitely been cool to uh, to share this with you, um, Nick. I you know I I I, I feel like I I got to talk about. Um, a special Star Wars moment that you and I shared together at one point. I'm not sure if you remember this, but um, when you were probably like a junior or senior in high school, um, it was like right before Rogue One came out, um, you would come back to Bradford where where I was teaching. And um, I think you were just hanging out or dropping something off, um, you know, for your mom or something. And I was like doing the bus duty that day so like helping the kids get on the bus 
and you were down there just chatting it up with me. And that was like the day that the Rogue One trailer was um, like officially released. And I remember like both of us um, being like super, super amped about it and uh, watching it together on my phone in Mr. B's office. And like the whole time it was going on, we were like, both just like looking at each other like oh my god is this real and then at the end there was a moment like that was that was a really cool moment that we were both like super super pumped about this um and i still think about that whenever i think about rogue one so um thank you for giving me that memory um it's probably probably top five star wars memory in my life um thank you guys so much for having me on this has been really really cool and it as your former teacher it's so cool um to see what you guys have grown up to be and uh very inspiring in its own right you guys are are doing great stuff here so thank you so much that's all for today everyone as always a big thank you to all of our loyal listeners be sure to find new episodes on monday mornings wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to check out our new what to watch wednesdays post on instagram and twitter at don't quote me underscore pod for movie and TV recommendations available on the most popular streaming platforms. And also, if you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app. Really helps us out. Peace.